Vincent gets him out now, and here he comes. Denon Kingley gets up the rail. Golden 60, they roar for their hometown hero. He's a length clear over Salios, running on Mother Earth. It's Golden 60, the locals can't beat him. The internationals can't beat him. This is his house, Fortress Golden 60. It's Nature Strip out clear in the King stand by two lengths from Atlam Express. Twilight calls him behind Nizek Palatro. Salute a world-class sprinter. Around the turn of the 150, Bella Nipatina takes the lead, kicks clear, two lengths, Rothmeyer, and best of Bordeaux streaking away. Bella Nipatina, and boy, doesn't she deserve this? Bella Nipatina, four lengths. Young Berta around the turn, Zaki joined by Animo, who looks destiny in the face. At the 150, Animo takes the lead from Zaki, Alligator Blood, I'm Thunderstruck, but it's Animo clear, I'm Thunderstruck late. G'day listeners and welcome to a Racing Previews preview podcast. Tonight we of course will be previewing the Cranbourne Cup meeting there at Cranbourne. Also the time-honoured Hunter at Newcastle now in its fourth running and then we'll find a couple bets around the country. WA is just starting to heat up with the pinnacles and then shut in on a Saturday. Uh, that's usually a red flag to go, no, <laughs> most of the good shut in meetings are on a Sunday but it's just you and me tonight, Nico. Will is head in the books. He's pretty much in the prime of exams right now. So once he finishes those, he'll be a full-time nuffy like us. But until then, he's got to study. Um, but he's only got a couple more weeks. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. Um, yeah, I don't know. I suppose, I don't know if you've got these feelings, but it is a bit of a lull, you know. It's, you Spring is, isn't over, but it is, and... Yeah, I don't know. At least the weather's starting to improve, so it would have been nice if we had a bit more of that for the spring carnival. It's been uh, it's been rather nice having the sun on the back, eight o'clock in the morning every day at work. But mm. um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, there's still there's still some good racing about, but I don't know. It's just personally for me, it's a time where I like to sort of just take two steps back, halve half half or so the stake. You know, you're just you're sort of following it for a bit of an interest now. You're not sort of not, not nuts on the line every week. Yeah. The stress and uh, the stress that you have for the last sort of three months during carnival time. But I don't know. That's just me. That, that might be different to other people. This is this might be the time when they really open up the shoulders. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Just on that topic about the weather starting to get a little bit warmer now and things starting to improve. Are you of the opinion that we should move the the spring carnival back? Um, <clears throat> it's it's a tricky one because you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I feel like there's definitely room to to play around with it a little bit, but I don't know. Like, yeah, you're at the at the perfect spot of weather and everything right now, but yeah, if you if you go any longer, like if you if you move it back four weeks, well then you start getting to Christmas parties and all that sort of stuff. So I know it's probably not going to deter the the racing nuffy like you and I, but I don't know. I feel like it's. I wouldn't yeah. say four weeks. I would say two weeks. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. You could push yeah. it back all two weeks, but 
don't know, there's there's lots of racing purists out there. Like, I don't know, are we ever going to see significant change? They all had their opportunity to do that with COVID and they could have had a perfect excuse if it didn't work. But I don't think the VRC is keen on moving the cup from the first Tuesday in November. Anyway, yeah. let's move on. I want to start off with a bit of a bang. Obviously, the news came through during the week that we've gone to number 18 on the charts. That's Australia-wide for all sports podcasts, which is amazing. So we just want to firstly thank the listeners. Um, Nico, we were speaking about it earlier today. You and I started this podcast at The Bull. I came over to your house. We were both speaking into a microphone in your bedroom. We had no idea what we were doing. It was raw. Um, (laughs) And honestly, I didn't even know how to edit a podcast. I was looking up YouTube on how to do it all. But honestly, thank you to everyone. Um, And if you are thinking about starting a podcast, just go ahead and do it. Thoughts? Yeah, it's funny you say that because obviously we were chatting earlier today and I was a little bit bored at work. I'd got through all of my racing content and I didn't really feel like listening to music. So I went back and played our first ever podcast. Yeah. that we did before the ball and yeah it's um i took a little a few moments to reflect the other day i was you know when we found out that we'd uh gotten to where we had it i sort of had to pinch myself because it was always a pipe dream you know for us you know five six months prior to us doing it we're like yeah yeah we're gonna do something we're gonna do something and then we actually got to the point where we did it and yeah um no, it's it's a massive part of our, but both of our lives really um, absorbs a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. But it's something that we both love, and and the exciting part is we're only just touching the surface. I think like we've got we've got plenty of big things in in the works to uh to come in the months and years to come. So yeah, thank you to to all the listeners, and uh, yeah, thank you to you, Benny, for putting up with me every week so uh i suppose we probably couldn't do it without each other but um yeah just a big thanks and congrats to everyone i suppose yeah no bloody oath i think you will and i are polar opposites and somehow it just works um we're going to be getting a lot more um you know famous names on the podcast in the in the coming months hopefully for for the autumn carnival um we've got to thank trav noon and obviously he was brilliant and he is a big reason why we, we did find our way into the top 20. Um, hopefully he can come back on again soon and, and some other big names. But that's enough of the chit-chat. Let's get stuck into the form. It is Cranbourne Cup Day. Obviously, they're, they're, I think it is their, their one standalone meeting on the Saturday. Um, the rail is at three metres. The track is firm at the moment. It is a good three. I'm not sure exactly how much rain they've had. But there is just a little bit forecast. Um, there is a little bit more tonight. And then there's 4 to 10 millimetres forecast tomorrow. Saturday does look to clear up. So, I don't know. I think the, the wet track, some people are saying wet track. I think that's massively overplayed. I, I think we'll still be in the good four range. Um, soft five at the absolute worst. But I'm playing good track. Where do we want to start with our bets? I know you're a fan of this horse in race four. Yeah, we'll just go back one race prior. I thought this was an awesome way to start your uh, to, to start your punting day. I don't know how it's not favourite. How is Port Phillip not the outright favourite by a clear margin? Um, the weights. Oh, That's the reason. One can carry weight. One doesn't have a heart. Yeah, well, Kissinger was a, a nose off Port Phillip last start when Port Phillip carried 54 Two kilos. Back, now it yeah. rises six kilos. Two starts back. So I think he's a bit of a nod- Port Phillip I think he is. I think he's a little bit of a noddy, though, Kissinger. I know it, that, pro- Kissinger. that looks a bit of a. Yeah, I think I know people are probably thinking, what is Nico going on about? He's, he's had two seconds and a win in his last three starts, but I still think he is a bit of a noddy. Um, I thought Port Phillip could you could get him close to evens. I think I think the the form out of the race is far superior to to anything else. Um, he only just got nosed up a high emotion around third in the cup. If he if we get a soft track, that's only going to only enhance his chances. I don't think a dry track's 
gonna be any worry. I think like I've sort of done former for good four, sort of soft five. Um, yeah, I'm not too worried about the weight thing. I thought I thought two dollars sixty Port Phillip was a very very easy bet to have to to start the day. Yeah, you make a good case, but for now I think I'm going to stay out. I do think the weights do mean something here. It is a what is it? A five kilo or six kilo turnaround. So your your mentor is with uh, Kissinger, G Dog. Who's my mentor? Gator Dog. Gator you sure? Kissinger. Yeah, you I'm sure? sure? If I heard correctly today on RSN. No, he's not. Port Phillip on top. Oh, beautiful. He was. I must have heard. <laughs> I must have heard incorrectly that. That's oh, even more confidence. Let's go to race beautiful. four. It is over 1200 metres and it's a three year old handicap um, there has yeah, been a big go. big spruik on this horse Grace um, she is a daughter of I Am Invincible um, her debut win obviously was just a forgive on a heavy 10 and then first up she resumed um, at Geelong and she's posted a blistering win really um, I think this whole thing about the wet track is just being massively overplayed for overplayed um, by people Yes, on debut, it was a heavy 10, so maybe she doesn't want it that wet, but last start... And it was a relentless heavy 10, it was like a heavy 12. Yeah, last start at Geelong, it was a soft 6, and she's fair dinkum, brained them. Um, Jamie Carr, goes Jamie Carr to Ethan Brown, so that's a that's a slight negative, but I'm not too worried about that. Um yeah, I think I think it's kind of better up fill up areas here. She went up two dollars thirty. I can't believe that. I thought she was more dollar sixty chance. Last start, she ran the the fastest four to the two of the entire meeting, and then the second fastest two to the post. Obviously throttled down. So she does have tremendous talent, and I know you're coming on board here as well. Yeah, well, I said to you, I said to you boys uh, Wednesday when acceptance has come out. I said, oh well, beautiful. It's going to be like a dollar forty. We're not really going to be able to back her, but. Uh, yeah, uh, they're definitely letting us on. Um, you will get close to two dollars with a boost. I think that is, well, that is bet up fill up areas. I think she's a complete and utter moral. I think she's a Group One horse <clears throat> against a few uh, benchmark sixty four seventy sort of grade horses that are going to get no better than that. Barrett, I'm not. I'm not too worried about Brownie being on. There's not probably a whole lot of. Uh, other suitable options to ride that weight. Um, I'm happy to see him get the chance on a good one. It's not like he's not able. He's a Group One winning jockey multiple time, multiple times this uh, this spring. He's good on a front runner Bar- as well. Yeah, he's got a good right set of hands, more. Brownie. He's got a good clock, barrier one, jump rail, probably lead, and it is all over. Um, Beautiful. She is the best bet of the day. Can't see how she gets beat. Wow. Bang, bang, confidence. Uh, what else did we have? I know race five, there is a horse with good talent here going second up. Her name is Cardigan Queen. She has been a little bit of a frustration, but she could get me, potentially. Um I thought she was I'm, she was I've still got I've still got buddy demons in my head when she got beat that day at Flemington oh mate I had I think she was the last leg of a four leg multi going for an absolute stack and so, somehow she got beat by fortunate kiss um, Johnny's still looking moral Johnny's beaten. still looking for a run absolute moral beaten but I think this does set up well for her she's up against a few horses that feel a little bit beaten up like she was all class she's been up forever um, she has run some good races and she is a class mare at her best but she's only there won the one from 14 yeah 100% she's there is class. she's only won the one from 14 um, Cardigan Queen has only won two from 11 but she's also had five second placings and she's been very unlucky in, in, in some of the others so yeah I was, I was leaning her away at the $5 mark any other bets from races 6 um there before is a the, big. The cup. I'm not suggesting it as a bet, but for the punters out there that don't absorb as much intel as you and I, there is a massive tip going around for this Braden Star in race six. Yeah. This import for Busted and Young. Um, 
He's been trying super. The runner-up um, to him was in a length and a half off Sulcum back overseas. That is worth noting that. that uh, however you pronounce that. Anyway, it's it's last start overseas. Yeah. Uh, but the talk is the distance may be the only thing, so it might be too short for it. Might need further, but uh, yeah, it is there. They're ready to play, so make of that what you wish. Watch the betting there for sure. Oh yeah, you. It's been relatively what you want to see so far, but obviously the the real market moves haven't started yet. Race seven, the cup. Race seven. Let's Should get to we the give cup. This a bit, bit more. Uh... We'll give this a bit more love, I think. Let me let yeah, me get okay. the, the the market up. Uh, it is over sixteen hundred meters. It is a listed race, um, and they've got a lot of the good handicappers here. I'm so, I was kind of surprised. Listed or group three? It is. I think listed. it's the group three. Not listed. Really? Yeah, definitely listed. But it's it's a rich. Yeah, it's 500,000. Yeah, it's 500,000, but it still is only listed. I thought um, it got Group 3 with when it went to 500, but it is interesting to, to hear that they, they've got plans to get up to a million-dollar race in years to come. be interesting to see if that ever eventuates, but really, I've got good luck to them. It is interesting. Let me read out the full market because it does deserve it. Uncle Bryn is $5, equal favourite with Visanari. Our Playboy, 8, Just Folk, 9.50, Ironclad, 10, Bell Placian 11, Call Sign Mav. He obviously won the group one, Rupert Clark. He's at $12. Buffalo River 15, No Effort 17, Flash R 19, Crosshaven 23, Lightsaber 31 in the wilderness. Uh, number 12, Sosie Bon 34, Buckhurst 41, and No Surrender makes the big jump up to listed level here. What do we think? There, there's a stack of speed here, is there not? It's a very, very hard race, is what it is. Like just, just, be, just quickly to the map. You've got no effort. We'll obviously zoom straight to the front. Um, bit of a set play by Gavin Bedgegood. First up here, no surrender. His only chance is to go fast. Lightsaber, Sosie Bond, call sign Mav, Buffalo River. We know Buffalo River only knows one way as well. So it'll be the charge of the Light Brigade early. Um, I don't think I want to be on any of those horses. No, uh, I wouldn't have thought so, but um, I don't know. Like, there's just there's so many options of horses that could win. I I haven't even come to an on top selection because, um, yeah, like I wanted to back Visionari, but I told myself that I wasn't backing him after the last start until he gets his race manners right, and I think he's a better horse on a wet track. Well. He hasn't had any time to prove if he's worked on his race manners and he's not going to get the wet track that I think he needs. I think he's probably two lengths better horse, two and a half lengths better horse on a wet track. So I was working on the day. What what was he actually... Was he just throwing his head around and over-racing a little bit? I didn't yeah, really see. Yeah, throwing his head, wouldn't like get in a nice action. He looked like he just reefed and pulled and you'd have to go back and watch it to sort of understand... Like, you get the gist of what I'm saying, but... yeah just terrible race matters and I've I've heard whispers through uh, the price get stable that he's not easy to deal with and uh, yeah he he just needs to improve to take it to that next level like you look in the form guide and you see that the day that he was half length of Tuvalu like that's he's got the best form in the race by panels there's no doubting that but it's whether you want to take five dollars with uh buckets back on his back after having jamie and malum in previous starts even geordie i don't know why geordie didn't get a ride again but we won't go into the jockey lotto uh uncle Breen, like he's a weird horse to, to try and measure up he's been smacked i think he opened about seven dollars he's been he's into four dollars eighty but he's just had a funny prep like he's, you know, he had excuses last week, but he's also gone to Sydney. He's come back. He's now back in trip. There's means to say that this horse only goes any good at sale. And I think I think I don't think that actually is true. It's just coincidental. 
Uh, well, you can you can do whatever you need to do to to let it fit the narrative, but yeah, like he's got good form as well. But I don't know; it's a very tricky race because there's not too many horses here that are like fresh. Like Vizanar is the fresh horse. Yeah, but can you back him on a dry track with him still doing so much wrong? Well, do you want me to go, or are you yeah, going to continue like got, graying everyone off? I've got a pot. My my tip for the race: pineapple. Pineapple. The answer is a pineapple. Said Peter Moody. Well, I am with Visanari, and I know Will Alford. For the Will Bet fans out there, or the the Bot Bet fans out there, is with Visanari as well. Um, I just think he is the perfect setup horse for this. Um, we all are talking about a, a few horses that feel a bit, you know, chewed up, and he's not one of them. He had a little bit of a late start to the spring. He now hits this third up. And one thing we haven't touched on with the Cranbourne Cup yet is the weights. It's obviously a quality handicap. He gets in on 54.5 kilos. He feels like, to me, he already feels like a borderline group class horse, but he's not weighted like one at all. Um, you've got horses like Callsign Mav at the top of the weight, 61 kilos here. I don't think there's, you know, a, a six and a half kilo difference between them in terms of ability at, at all. Um, so he gets in perfectly at the weights. He's going to map perfectly in barrier seven. And I know Will is just going to love his his setup here, um, just slowly building into the preparation. We know that that Crystal Mile was a bit of a pace meltdown. Uh, it wasn't a bit of, it was a pace meltdown. They absolutely flew in the race. So that will top him off really nicely for this. Um, hitting a third up, as I said. I, I don't think... Look, a little bit of toe on the track would be good. If it does rain, that would be absolutely perfect. If it's just like a, a soft five, or even, but I don't think a good four will bother him that much. He won at Flemington first up, and he wasn't he wasn't fit there. I don't reckon he was, he just won on class. He should be cherry ripe now, and at around the five dollar mark, he was the clear on top selection for me. Huge, huge. All right, let's go to race eight um, because this is a. A really nice race as well it is the apache cat classic over the flying thousand meters midwest has gone up two dollars ninety from i am war six dollars scissor step seven dollars jigsaw seven dollars ranting eleven dollars then your, your longer uh, ashford street 17 he's a bolter 17 and william thomas 17 uh, write your t- own ticket the rest i'll let you go first here because i think you're quite keen on the rosemont sprinter yeah, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was a very good bet Midwest. Um, he's just turned into a little winner. This horse. He's won five of his last six starts. Over the thousand eleven hundred meter mark. He just goes to the front. He makes his own luck. He's like if if you could have a race horse and and he was a sprinter, this is exactly what you'd order. Just the prototype jump. Puts himself up on speed, runs fast. Yeah, I, I don't know. How to, don't know what else to say. He's he's drawn perfect in five. He gets Willow. I think it's just, I think it's just such an easy bet to have. Like, I heard Sam Friedman talk this week. If this horse keeps progressing the way they think he will, and the way he's been working at home, well. They want to get him to an Oakley Plate. He's not good enough to win an Oakley Plate, I wouldn't have thought, but he's going to be uh, he's going to give himself every favours because he goes fast and over those trips, he's uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm not. I couldn't talk you out of him. I think he's a very good bet at three dollars. Yeah, I'm. I wouldn't. I'm not knocking at all. I actually do think you'll get three dollars fifty on the day because um, there are a couple of horses, Scissor Step and Jigsaw, who I do think. Um, like the big, he beats the big teams are getting involved in preparation. Oh yeah, I understand you that. You can easily tie the form in. But Scissor Step has had the run under the belt. He's got two really good thousand meter figures. Both of those were at the Valley, so I can see them backing him. He does have to carry the fifty eight kilos. So, um, we did suggest a bet early on. Close friends for I am War eight dollars fifty and two dollars eighty. Just a bit of an each way play. Um, I just saw the price there and I thought it was overs. By no means is this horse immoral, but what he is is absolutely flying. He has beaten Savannah Cloud 
quite comfortably his past two starts. We saw Savannah Cloud come out and win at Geelong. That was a, a decent sort of race. This horse will jump straight on the bunny. Yeah, he has he gets in with the minimum fifty four kilos, and I can't see him doing anything bar running well. There is a bit of pressure here, so there is there is a chance that he could crack. He is obviously stepping up and great, but I thought that was a nice little play. Um, I could definitely come with your your Midwest. I'm hoping for a little bit better than two dollars ninety three dollars at the moment. Um, but yeah, he probably will be the other horse I'll back on the day. Um, scissor step. Good thousand meter horse, but 58 kilos and Midwest does have a scalp over him already. Jigsaw, well, he's a bit hit and miss and I didn't really rate his early form of last prep. Um, he definitely has talent, but I'm I'm working eight on top of 10. He just, he does go good fresh, Jigsaw, and he's got barrier one, so. Hmm. Oh, I could I can't have him winning, but like he's going to have every favour. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Interesting to hear today when Gator was going through his game plan. He uh, he doesn't often say too much bad things about horses. Ranting, hateful horse to Gator. <laughs> Hate, hateful horse. I loved that when I heard that. Yeah, that is that is good. He is the ghost, Gator. Um, other than that, Cranbourne. Look, the last race, this this number two Aaron Bay in the 1,300 metre BM70, he does have an abundance of talent. We know the second favourite there is Invincible Caviar. She's probably going to run tomorrow night at the Valley. So I wouldn't be betting Aaron Bay just yet, but if the track is playing fair and they can come down the middle, then he could potentially be a bet for me as well. Absolutely. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. All right, shall we move on to... Newcastle. Let me just change this punning form. Hold fire punters. Alright, Newcastle. For the Hunter. It's currently a good for the track and the rail is in the true position. Um we I know we raced a couple of times at Newcastle in the autumn when uh, when the Sydney tracks were just too wet and it seemed to play pretty fair would you be expecting the same here yeah I don't mind having like I'm, if I like something I'm not deterred from having a bet at Newcastle I think it's a good track yeah I agree with that um, seems pretty fair normally every horse gets their chance yep yep absolutely did you have any starting point I thought race 4 was definitely of interest um, race 3 I've got one you go first then uh, race three, which is the forty hundred metre benchmark seventy eight for the mares. Uh, I am with the top weight French Bonnet from the Kim War Stable. Um, this mare goes awesome at Newcastle. She's two wins from three starts. She's a track and trip winner at our only try. She's four wins from five goes at 1,400 metres, and she's unbeaten second up. Uh, she ran good last starts in open grade against the boys. Um, behind a good form race, that Cahote uh, and Democracy Manifest, they're both two very solid horses that are better than sort of benchmark 78 grade, I think. Um... Yeah, it looks to lead here. Should have every favour. I'm pretty keen that it should uh, should give us a good sight at four dollars fifty. I'm happy to get involved. Yeah, beautiful. Um, race four. I'm not sure if I'm going to be betting just yet. It is the Beaufort over twenty three hundred metres, and this King Frankel does look a smart proposition. Um, he gets in. He claims under the minimum here. He get, gets 52 kilos, but then Tyler Schiller takes a further one and a half off. So he's in with 50 and a half, the son of Frankel, mind you. Um, I think he was scratched at the barriers on... It might have even been Saturday when we were at the races. I'm not sure what actually happened, yeah. if he was playing up or whatever. But he does have he does have tremendous upside and he's got good talent. And he, he, he's got... So Kukaracha carries... 59 and a half kilos so that horse spots him nine kilos 
definitely means something over 2300 meters could it get me interested potentially yeah all fair chat (coughs) what else we got race six no (coughs) these support races on the sydney programs are honestly terrible it was like golden eagle day there was five benchmark 78s yeah are we going straight to the hunter All right, let's do it. The Hunter, it's over 1,300 metres. Um, it is an open quality, and our favourite here is number five in the Congo. Obviously, drew the Peach Marble and Barrier 2. Number six, Valana is $5. Number 20, Waihaha Falls. You'll notice fourth emergency probably won't get a run, $5. Apache Chase, $8. 11.11, Skyman, 12. Overpass, 14. Gravina, 17. Gemsong, 18. Brutality, I think he's second emergency. Drawn Barrier 17, he is number 17, and he's $18. Ingratiating coming out of the Everest is $19. Bandersnatch, 19. Swats, that 21. Through the Cracks, 23. Expat, 31. Tycoonus, 31. Skylab, 34. Arameo, 61. Lions, Raw, 71. And Blondo, 71. Rounds out the rest. Well... In the Congo, does he just get an uncontested lead here from Barrier 2? I don't think anything's crossing him. No, I wouldn't have thought so. There is there is some pace around, but a couple of drawn casts. You've got Apache Chase, Overpass, and Expat. They'll all come across, but I think that that's kind of it for the, the leading division. Um, did you have any serious thoughts straight off the bat for this race? Oh, I sort of shadowed your, your confidence with... Uh in the Congo and Valana but the other blue, there is another blue jacket in the race that interests me but I'm just a little bit uh, where's it going to get to in the run well there's two of them you're either thinking ingratiating or Gravina they're both no, around no, the 20 no. to 1 mark you can have in, you can have ingratiating Gravina you, yeah absolutely imagine you just have to have something on imagine if this horse popped up at $23 after last start Mm. you'd be quite sort of sick yeah you would be Garina's well, he's, a, he's a good horse I've got four going for a result already just on close friends we've done a couple multis they are in the Congo number five I thought he was excellent um, in the Sydney Stakes just got nosed out by rocketing by he then went to 1500 metres he led them up in the Golden Eagle and we know 1,500 metres is probably just a just a little stretch too far. Goes back to 1,300 metres, so he's going to be in front for a long way. We've got Valana going for a result. He was an even better run than in the Congo. Um, uh, possibly, yeah. I, I thought he was a better run than in the Congo in the Golden Eagle, and he is only third up. So he was a winner first up over 1,300 metres at Randwick, so kind of apples to apples. He does have an explosive turn of foot, so he'll be eating up the ground late. And the other two other two good often horses, Gravina. Um, we know this horse has talent to burn, but um, he does come out of probably weaker races compared to Ingratiating. We saw Ingratiating run second to Paul Ailey, then he came out of the Everest. He ran dead set last in the Everest, so he, didn't, he never made a factor. But he is flying this horse as well. Um, drawn barrier four he's going to get the beautiful run brutality i'm not sure if you saw david gately's actually sticking up sticking up for this horse and he's in the parlay so that surprised me a little bit i thought the gong would be his he better won't race run, surely well what is he is it is it a field of 16 is he first emergency i think i think he's first emergency he's drawn 17 will joe pride run him i'm not sure Joe's, I think been this... making, Joe's been making a few questionable decisions of late, so you wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> I think this horse is absolutely flying, but 1,300 metres barrier 17, it might just be a stretch too far. What, what's the gong? Is it 1,600 metres next week? Uh, or, was it, or was it 1,500? 14 or 1,500, I think. Maybe 15? The gong is 16. 16. There you go. So I think the gong is probably a better race for him, but... If he yeah. if he wins this and I'll I'll dead set be sick because he's a horse that I've had black booked ever since his first up run and 
he probably won't be going around a loser for me if he does if he does go have a start here. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh, huge. Let's move on then. And then we'll to... lose. Then we'll move into the the actual winner of the hunter that's not going to get a start in the next <laughs> race. Yeah, race nine is the Caracas 2023 Benchmark 88 Handicap. Um, and speaking of Caracas, we've got a New Zealand bred here by Sacred Falls. His name is Waihaha Falls, and he is the top weight. He's into $2.70 on the tab. And the big news is... Oh, no, he hasn't gained a start just yet. Democracy Manifest is second favorite into $4.80, and he, I think he needs one more, uh, one or two more to scratch to make the field. So if he doesn't get in, then Wahaha Falls is obviously going to be the clear-cut favorite. Um, he already is, but he's only going to shorten even more. $8 Look, on Sportsbet, Democracy Manifest. Oh, really? That's a bit fagazy. You could probably have a saver there if you if you wanted to. He's a, he's a very talented horse. Democracy manifest, but this Waihaha falls. He's he's been assigned the sixty three kilos. He gets one and a half off with the Reese Jones um, claim. Yeah. His first up run was absolutely electric in the Sydney Stakes. Twelve hundred meters is definitely short of his best. He gets out to to thirteen now. Fourteen and sixteen is probably even better, but. He's got a clear class edge on his rivals here, and I was kind of happy to look past the weight and just kind of back him. Yep, I totally agree. So just to put it in perspective for the punters out there, my tip in race three, uh, these so it's the J Max Mount and Tommy's Mount. They're the they're the two horses that she ran uh, third to. Yeah, right. So like proper proper good form. Yeah, beautiful. Um, yeah, I was with Wahaha Falls. <laughs> um, I thought it was a pretty easy bet to have. As long as it can carry the weight, should just be winning. Yep. Anything else for that was the that was Sydney. the only downfall that John O'Shea had. He said he's not a very big horse. So, but I don't know. Fast horses can carry weight usually, so fingers crossed. Yeah, it's just a bet you got to take, in my opinion. All right, we're going west to Perth. We sure are. All right, they are racing at Ascot. The rail's out six metres, but I don't see any problems with that. I think Fair, fair track, they reckon, rail out six. Every yeah. horse usually gets their chance. Yeah, beautiful. That that sounds good to me. Um, obviously, the there is a couple lead-up races here um, before the big group ones later in the month and into December. Where do you want to kind of start with this one? I've got... I'm keen race, race six. Race five was my first. Yep, go on. Uh, race five is the Lucky Grey Stakes over 1,800 metres. I was with, for the first time, this oh, Saturday, oh, oh. Nico and the band are back. Like oh, oh. the Cerise and oh, White, oh. Nico are back. Uh, pure devotion is my on-top selection. This mare ran super first up, only being beaten three lengths by Resort Man, <clears throat> which is huge considering she's a stayer. Uh, she is unbeaten second up. I really like the jump from... 1400 to 1800 she's had a little tick over trial uh, in between she's uh, got a handy keys to pikey here this buster bash which is favorite I know it's got a nice little CV that it's slowly building but it is only coming up from benchmark sort of 72 78 sort of grade so it's got to continue to make the, the step up in grade um, yeah, there's going to be nothing better than seeing parking the Cerise and White, which could be a, a nice little formula for us on Saturday. It is a, it is a good little race. Um, obviously, the usual suspects, the staying types over there. But yeah, I thought at $4.60, uh, I thought it was a, a pretty easy bet to have on the So You Think, mate. Yep. 
Beautiful. It is worth noting that I think Pikey does hold the key to it. He's had six hits on her for three three wins in two seconds, and of those three wins, she's only had four in her career. So no. Let's just touch on it quickly. How good is it to have <clears throat> Walter Pike back home in WA? He's obviously the king of... The King of Perth. Um, we know he gets on a lot of good rides and he can probably be a little bit arrogant in the way he rides because he is on better horses. But there is no man you'd rather have in the saddle donning the Cerise and white colours. No, there's not. And there is a little bit of a uh, little bit of chat out there that he's, you know, he's going back to being a, a big fish in a small pond and all this sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, he was going there because of the health regulations and stuff in WA and he he stuck to what he believes in and I've got no issue with that. Um, he has arguably gone to one of the hardest trucking rooms in the world. So it's not like he was going there and he was going to have the plug rides gonna say, and stuff like I'm, that. I'm going to say it, it is the best jockey room in the world. The Sydney jockey room. In my opinion. Well, yeah, there's a case to be made. The Melbourne jockey room's getting pretty strong now. Yeah, it is good also. But over the last 10 years, some of the riders coming out of Sydney have just, like, A-graders. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I don't think his mission to Sydney was was that bad. But, um, yeah, I've, I've got nothing nothing against him going back to WA. I, I, I love back and parking the last personally and I love back at him in WA. Um, yeah, you cop the odd bad ride but at the end of the day it's like it's the same as J Mac. They they all have off days sometimes. J Mac had his last week. You just that's they're humans at the end of the day, they're not robots. So you, you take the good with the bad because nine and a half times out of ten you cop a good one and you and you're happy and they've filled your pockets and the other half to, half the percent of the times you you cop a bad one and unfortunately you just have to deal with it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to having him back. But um, so 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 will Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob needed Pikey more than ever. Hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, as they say, that's racing. Hamish McLaughlin and Ross Stevenson. Let's go to race six. It is the WA champion fillies over 1,600 metres. It's a group three. Um, I don't think there's any champion fillies here, but I am very, very keen on one. Her name is Laced Up Heels, and she is the top weight. Um, Of course, this horse actually beat um, the Northerly Stakes favourite, also the Guineas favourite last start. Her name is Amelia's Jewel. And... There was no fluke about this win. I know that I know I knocked the ride a little bit from Patrick Carberry on the favourite there, but this horse is a serious horse. She went from a thousand meters up to fourteen hundred meters. She was actually playing up in the stalls before the race, and I was I was on obviously on Amelia's jewel thinking she was immoral, and I was saying just scratch this horse. She's fifteen to one, and then she comes out, <laughs> she comes out and pulls her pants down. It was obviously a really good ride by Chris Parnham. He retains the ride here. Um, her splits home were really, really nice. She ran 11.36 and 11.36, so she ran the exact same uh, furlong split for her last 400 and 200. The race rating was good, 7.2 point, uh, yeah, 7.2 lengths above the all benchmark. It was a quite a fast run race, so I've got no concerns about her stepping up to 1,600 metres. And honestly, I thought number three Vampy at play was really short here. Um, she's $3.00. I know she was desperately unlucky last start um, and she did have decent form leading up to it, but would I rather back laced up heels at $2.60 knowing I saw with my own eyes what she did, she beat Amelia's Jewel, or would I rather back Vampy at play at $3 just because she was a little bit unlucky? At the end of the day, one's beaten an Amelia's Jewel and the other's been beaten nine lengths. And I know you haven't been able to see what she would have done, but... I think the gap between them is nowhere near enough here. Um, I know Travi Noonan was sticking up for Vampy at, uh, at play in our group chat, but he was actually hoping for $6.50 plus. So I can see that angle. If she was unlucky last start and you were getting those each way odds, then fair enough. But she's open rock bottom here and number one laced up heels will be my best bet of the day in WA. So very, very keen. Very, very keen. 
Yeah, I can definitely uh, definitely come with you there. For some reason, people always like backing the unlucky runner, not the oh, not yeah. the obvious runner. I don't I don't understand. Just just trust your eye, and you know, like yeah. if Ampere play comes out and wins, then then too good. But um, I guess you can say. The SPs there, Vampy at play was five fifty and laced up heels was fifteen dollars. But in my opinion, the SP was just wrong. I think she's just gone to a new level out to fourteen hundred meters, and I've got no issue with her drawn out out to sixteen. So that's the way I'll be playing the race. Let's go to race seven. It is one of the main lead-ups for the winter bottom. We know that is Perth's Crown Glory, Crown glory with the with the group one sprint and this is the colonel reeves it's a group three over 1100 meters and we see the return of the top weight he is the number one rated sprinter in wa his name is elite street he's 330 from miss kentucky four dollars then you're out to 14 will sorry number 14 but six dollars 50 will chino red cam man eight this will test you 850 and then massive gap out to uh, comes a time and labor or they're 23 and longer the rest so are you with the champ Elite Street here, or are you kind of with um, the fit mare who's been absolutely explosive, Miss Kentucky? Is it, is it a two horse race? It's probably not just a two horse race, but who well, are you it's, with? It's probably not a two horse race. There's like Will Chino and Red Cam Man are both good enough horses to win, but I, I do think it's a race in two. Miss Kentucky, she does have the fitness under her belt. Um, <clears throat> So she's obviously going to have every favour there, but, like, she has been beating the B-grade. It's like, she's been beating this will test you. Like, mm. Elite Street is the best sprinter in WA. Like, there's no there's no hiding away from that fact. So she's got to, she's got to beat the best sprinter now, and she's going to have every, every chance, I think, because she's got the fitness under her belt, but... Yeah, look, they're still they're still at prices that you can make them both a result. That would be my suggestion because it's it is a bit too hard to split because if you back one and don't back the other and you get it wrong, you'll you'll kick yourself and and they're at a price that you can that you can back them both. So my suggestion would be you can take both of them into a later selection and I'll clarify who that is at the end. Let's just get straight to it, shall we? Um, race nine. It is the get out in Perth. Everyone will be crowded around the phone screens. Everyone will be wondering who are we going to back. And there's only there's only one man you're going to back in the last at Ascot. His name is William Pike, and he is riding the favourite, number ten, devoted. I don't want to steal your thunder here, but this horse has to win this race to get into. Is it the railway or the Kingston Town? The, law, uh, the railway next week, yeah. Yeah, the railway next week. We know he is a very, very talented horse. Um, he probably hasn't had everything go his way, for, like first up and second up this prep. But he goes, Taj Dyson rode him first up. Patrick Carberry rode him second up. And now he gets William Pike aboard. So if that's not it's a been change, slaughtered both times. If that's not a gear change and a half, then I'll go he. He's drawn out an 11, so it is it is a little bit of a tricky draw, but we've seen this horse can be versatile either way. can sit up on the speed, can be back. Oh, hopefully he just monsters him. Yeah, uh, I think it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's the next best bet of the day for me behind Grace, I think. And he'll get short punters, so mm. just take the elite Kentucky multi into Devoted because this is going to be probably the last decent race in Australia in any code on Saturday. This could get real short. This this will be last legs of multis. This is the dig out, fill up stakes. Like it's starting in the red start. for sure. He could he could dead set start a dollar sixty. <laughs> Take the no seriously, bonus. like he could. He, he could, could seriously start a dollar sixty. It wouldn't surprise. But there's serious intent here. This horse has to win to get into the railway next week. Yeah. And is there any other jockey that you want to hand the keys the keys to and say this has to win? <laughs> no. 
No, there is ab- absolutely not. I just hope he's not like inside trying to look for runs. I hope it's just a, just a W Pike, Cerise and White, Peach down the outside. Look like you're in trouble at the top of the straight. Within 50 metres, you've levelled up, exploded, wins by three. Boom. Let's let's hope so. The beers will be flowing at the pubs. Blokes will be shouting their mates. It'll be the last leg of everyone's multi. So prayers up, honestly. All right. I think that's WA wrapped up. I've got a couple in Hong Kong. I know I mentioned off the top that when they race in Hong Kong on a Saturday, it's usually a bad sign because the program is usually average because all the good racing is on a Sunday. And that is the case for the most part here. But there is a, there is a few races that I will touch on. Um, the first of those is race seven. It's the, the Panasonic Cup. It is a class one. So that's as, as high as the class races go before you get into any group racing. I think number three, the golden scenery, is just about ready to peak. Um, he's been running really well. He ran sixth, first up, third, second up to packing victory. And then last start, he ran fourth to the Irishman. He was only beaten, uh, you know, a length and a half. Gets in with 58 kilos. I don't think that's too bad. The top weight is healthy, happy with 61. Um, he'll just need a good ride, but he's drawn perfectly in barrier five. 1,400 meters, this is him. Um, and he should get his chance. We know he's a get back kind of run on horse but he's certainly been one of mine and i know he's one of our sponsors willie barb so i I reckon willie will be backing him as well um the dangers do look to be number five blaze warrior this horse does have some talent as well he just kind of has been a little bit hard to catch he usually has one good run of prep but he didn't find the winner's enclosure last prep and then beluga number eight zach purton gets down to 53 and a half kilos here drawn barrier one and he was he ran third to the Irishman last start so he drops three kilos from that performance we don't see Zach get down to this weight a whole lot I would say Um, he's probably going to be favorite Beluga but I don't think he's as good a horse as the Golden Senior that that's what I will say Um, we then jump across to hold on race 10 actually the get out in Hong Kong, um, it's a class three. What, what time is this? This is at eight forty-five p.m. So if Devoted doesn't oh, win, wow. <laughs> if Devoted doesn't win, then uh, we might need to go here. Um, Nico, this will be a, a horse that you are familiar with. He is the top weight. His name is Sword Point, and he makes his Hong Kong Oof. debut here. Zach Purton, Zach Purton to ride from Barrier Six. Um, was he Chris Waller previously? Yeah, he was. Yeah, in the yep. autumn sun colours. Yeah, no, he was in the black. He was the black and was he? Wasn't he the black and green? I could have sworn he was the black and green. The realm of flowers colours. Oh, I thought he was the autumn sun colours. You might have to go check that. I'll have fifty bucks on it with you. <laughs> oh, now you're starting to talk cash. Maybe he was the black. And green. <laughs> go back and check it. Um, this horse has been trialing outstanding. He actually ran second in his latest trial to Golden 60. So uh, I'm hoping they give us some sort of price. I know I said, um, I told on the close friend's story, I'd said black book him. So he does have to carry 61 kilos here. So he's not incredibly well in at the weights. He is only first up, but we know this horse is very talented. He ran uh, third to character in the Tullock Stakes that was a group two that was the lead up to the derby um he was fourth prior to that on a really heavy track but he has a massive win at rose hill over 2000 meters with cafe o'hara aboard that that win rated through the roof um if he can get back to that sort of form then he's going to be very hard to beat this is only over 1400 meters so look it could be a bt he does have the big weight 61 but I think Frankie Law will be trying everything he can to get this horse into the four-year-old series because I think he's that. I think he's good enough to be in those races. So it should be go time. He's had three trials, and I'll be backing him. Any price. <laughs> Any price a winner. Any price a winner. Um, Huge. That's it for Saturday. Did we have a couple Friday Phillips at the Valley tomorrow night? 
Yeah, there was two that I was keen on. <clears throat> Race yep. three. Deuce. What do you say? Not 40 all. Uh, Brownie's just got to get around with the sticky gate, but if it goes like it did last start, sort of just jumps in the front and plays catch me if you can, well, see you later. Hopefully you can get it in a nice little spot, jump and cross. If not, get some cover and not be three wide. Only way this horse should probably lose if, if it's three wide. So mm. I might just take a little cheeky double into baby calf. Invincible caviar in the last. Yeah, I thought her, her first up win was better than it looked. She never actually found the rail. She was pressured from both sides and she still had a kick in the locker to put them away. That was actually a benchmark 70. It was only a, a Phillies and Mares 70. So she comes back to 64 level and she's actually well in at, at the weights considering she has won a benchmark 70. She gets in with a 59 and a half. Um, I, I just hope Luke's riding her. I know he's down, but he got off his rides today because he hurt himself. Yeah, right. He hurt his foot, so fingers crossed Yeah, that he's on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, compressed weight scale. So 59.5 kilos is, is the bottom weight. They're all within... They're all within that sort of 59 to, to 63. So, yeah, she kind of gets in well there. She's drawn two, and I think she'll be hard to beat. The other one I wanted to back was in the Ladbrokes 55-second challenge, race six. Um, number three, Boss Lady Rocks. She absolutely put them to the sword last start at the Valley. Both of her runs at the Valley have been awesome. Um, we know the 955 at the Valley is very much a, a horses-for-courses kind of track. Um, and horses who, who run well over this track and trip often keep running well. So I was pretty keen on her. Drawn barrier six, she'll just speed straight to the front. And in terms of punting form, she outstrips these quite easily. Her last start rating was 8.9 lengths above the all average. Um, that is the best peak benchmark and last start benchmark of these by a couple lengths. Um, I thought one roughie at a massive price. I know Smitty will love this, but I actually do think number one young Liam could be a, a small shade of overs. Um, things just haven't worked out for him this prep. Maybe he's not going any good, but he is a 955 horse um, at around the 70 to one mark. I wouldn't be opposed to you just having a, a small ticket on. That was it. I think that was it for the bets. Oh, there is one more horse that we didn't touch on in race two at Cranbourne. We probably should touch on this horse because he's going to divide a lot of opinions. This Patrick Payne Galloper, who won on debut, he's a dollar eighty. His name is Dunkel. With against not betting, what were your thoughts on him? Quickly, didn't really have too much of an opinion, but I thought like this time of year, I start to become a lot more sort of selective because hmm. I'm not wagering as much and I like you you fast forward a couple of races and Greece is near enough for the same price yeah I think she's immoral and she won't get beat I don't know enough about this horse so yeah no very fair very fair if you're if you're taking apples with apples I know which apple I'm eating (laughs) race two (laughs) nice pulling out the scenes alright I think that's pretty much everything I'm not going to forget it. I've written it down. Trav had to remind me last week to do the podcast multi. Um, I'll quickly reel off Will Alford's. His best bet actually does come up in the Cranbourne Cup and he wanted to put in Visanari, the grey, number nine. So $5, that's a nice little price in our podcast multi. Nico, I'm guessing you're going with the Coolmore Blue. I'm going with Grease. Grease. So she's about a dollar eighty-five in race four at Cranbourne, and I can't look past number one, laced up heels, race six at Ascot. So that's our cheeky treble this week. Give it strength, punters. Um, not good at maths, but that should get you well over twenty to one. So fifty on that, turn it into a thousand. Have a fill up. Get into the questions next, and we'll wrap it up. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? All right, let's get into the questions. There is only half a dozen, and then we'll wrap up. Kiri Parkinson, 
I don't know, I'm not sure if Kiri even listens to the podcast, but oh, she says, geez, yeah. how much will Sosie Bond win the Cranbourne Cup by? Um, she is a massive Sosie Bond fan. Nico, have you put him in the chair yet? Or does he still have life in him, the old boy? Not unless he's going to be a jumper. <laughs> uh, ran last of last, last start. Geordie Childs. I don't, maybe, I, don't even think all, I don't even think all of Geordie's brilliance could land him back in the winner's stall. One thing I will say is he dropped seven kilos from the last start showing at the Valley, and he's such a quirky oh, horse. God. He's such a quirky horse that sometimes he runs really well and sometimes he just spits the dummy. I couldn't have him at sure, all. Surely not. I couldn't have him, but he does have some creds to his name. He ran second to Jimmy Jimmy the Bear, and he was only beaten just over length by no-name lame um, I'm not sure what was that was that the golden mile two two back at Bendigo yeah. so yeah I couldn't have him but go for your life Lucas Wilco says thoughts on the astrologist chances over at the Perth Carnival the astrologist none yeah I don't he's gonna think be so, so he's gonna be so over bet because he took he took a length off nature strip in the final 200 meters yeah give me a spell I think he's very much a straight track horse um we know in WA they usually go a good gallop and I don't know. I just can't see that type of race shape around a bend going fast. I just can't see that suiting his type of racing. Uh, Willie Barb's not a question, but how good is it to be having Willie the Wizard back in the West? Absolutely. Um, your namesake, mate. Absolutely. It's good to have him back. Hong Kong needs its own podcast with, with their carnival starting soon. I definitely agree. Um, Hutchie's Honkers is pretty good, isn't it? I probably need to start tuning into that. Yeah, that's something that you and I should look into. Yeah, but one thing I promise Barb's hashtag Spawn is that he will get his day on the podcast when these um when the Hong Kong carnival starts to heat up because I've got to give it to him, Barb's. He is a good Hong Kong tipster. He's good at black booking those Australian horses and finding a couple of long price winners. So. He'll definitely get his day in the sun on the previews podcast. Seb Antonino says, no question this time, but intro music has to go. Wow. Seb, respectfully, you might have to go, mate. Wow. I'm, I'm going to have to call him best, Seb. It's the best intro in, in any racing podcast <laughs> known to man. It's better than, our, our intro is better than RSN. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I'm going to have to go back to calling him Seb Antonio for that. Seb's Seb Antonio. Seb's cop of the clip. In the last race. Uh, in the last question, sorry. The Underwood was the best race of the year. Another unpopular opinion. I can't tell if Seb's taken the piss or not. <laughs> Alligator blood led all the way. Zaki kind of just whacked away. I'm Thunderstruck got too far back. And Moanga ran third. If that's the race of the year, then uh, I know nothing about racing, to be honest. Anyway, good luck to you, Seb. That's that's a brilliant way not to finish off the podcast. Let's sign off there, I guess. Cranbourne Cup and the Hunter. Quick pat on the back to myself. I actually backed the winner of both last year. King Magnus, I backed that. Yeah, absolutely. And then lost and running. Do you know where I was? When I was watching King Magnus win the Cranbourne Cup last year on a heavy 10, have a oh, wild yeah. guess. I was at Bunny at Archie's birthday. Yeah, the day thing there. <laughs> watching Kingy salute on King Magnus. I seen Kingy at, uh, at Bunny had, last week. We had a drink with you at Bunny last week. Yeah, yeah, so there's a bit of synergy. Cranbourne Cup this week and the Hunter at Newcastle. Have a fill up punters and we'll see you back here next week. Cheers.